I have you as, you know, the sports director of WAM, 13 WAM News. For, do you mind if I say for the past 30 years or is that... Is that... No, okay. I don't care. No. I always used to joke with people, I've been covering the Bills since they were good, but now they're good again. So I sort of, I sort of circled that wagon there. I went from, from when I started to now and they're good again. So it uh, feels like old times. Hi, I'm former Buffalo Bills wide receiver Don Beebe, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellas on Circling the Wagons podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network. Because nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills. Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I am your host, Nate. Thank you so much for joining us. We have another great guest that we talked to this past week. We talked with 13 Wham News' Mike Catalana, the sports director for 13 Wham News, the affiliate ABC affiliate out of Rochester, and also one of the hosts of Buffalo Plus. It's a cool new podcast that he's doing with his uh, Wham 13 colleagues in Jenna Cottrell and, and Dan Fates, and uh, it's a really cool podcast. They have a bunch of really interesting insight into the team, and they have some good discussions going and I wanted to get a chance to talk to him about everything that's going on, get his thoughts on J.J. Watt, of course, get his thoughts on Matt Milano potentially testing free agency, um, get his thoughts on the run game, uh, what his issues that he thinks are with the run game, how they can solve that next season, some surprising free agent moves that he could see coming. The ability of Brandon Bean to find those second and third tier free agents that end up outperforming their contract like a John Feliciano or Daryl Williams. And then, you know, his thoughts on since he has been covering the Bills for over 30 years, what his thoughts were on this past season. I mean, this is the farthest the Bills have gone since the Kelly era. So I wanted him to kind of compare and contrast the two eras, and uh, if he thinks that this team could be headed in a similar direction to those teams. So without further ado, Mike Catalana from 13 Wham News and Buffalo Plus. He is the sports director for 13 Wham News, the ABC affiliate out of Rochester for the past 30 years. He is a member of the Bills Brothers that's on Thursdays at 3 p.m. on 95.1 FM in Rochester and is the host of Buffalo Plus, a Buffalo Bills podcast with co-hosts Dan Fates and Jenna Cottrell. I'd like to welcome Mike Catalana to the podcast. Mike, it is so good to talk to you. How are you? Good, really good. How are you? I am doing well. Glad we could do this. Let's get right into the J.J. Watt rumors. Now, you mentioned Watt on a recent episode of Buffalo Plus. First off, if you're Brandon Bean, do you try to pull off that signing, and would he be a good fit in Buffalo? Um, I'd say yes to both, but with limits. Uh, I think he's a very good football player. I know there's some concerns as guys get a little older in that position of pass rusher. Uh, that you start saying, man, how much do I want to invest in a guy and how much money do I want to spend? Um, but at the right number, I think it's good. And what I do in these circumstances is if you take stuff to an extreme, 
then you start bringing it back from there. So, for example, if the number was $25 million a year, I think most people would say, no, I'm not spending that much. And I don't know if J.J. Black could get that much. But start bringing that number down. Now tell me it's $13 million, and I'm very interested. So what's the number in between that you say this is a good amount of money to play, pay a guy at J.J. Watt's level of play, but more importantly, his age, and still make it work for the rest of your team? And I think because of the circumstances, I think that number is going to go too high for what the Bills are trying to do. Now, look, if you have faith in Brandon Bean, he's a pretty smart guy. He knows what he wants to do with his roster. But I think the number is going to get too rich for the Bills, and I think he's going to sign elsewhere. Yeah, there were rumors already this morning, as of when we're recording this, of Diane Rossini saying that it was, that he's looking at 15 to $16 million per year as one of his highest offers. Would that be a little too much in your opinion that I'm guessing? Well, look, if the number's accurate, and this is not about Diana Rossini, I think she's a really good reporter, and I'm sure she's been told those numbers, but um, this is breaking news here. Um, agents will lie, right? <laughs> so they will throw numbers out there. What they're trying to do, it's just like in trade circumstances where teams will say, I got six teams interested. Do I believe teams have called about J.J. Watt? Absolutely. Do I believe teams have made offers? And maybe the Bills have put an offer out there. We don't know for sure. But when they put that number out there, that's either to tell everybody this is what you're shooting for and go higher, or there's a team where he really wants to go. And let's use the Bills as an example and say J.J. Watt's told them, man, I really want to go to Buffalo. And the agent's saying, I'll get you to 15. Let's say that's the number. And so you throw this number out there. You try to get people to rise up to a higher number and get what he wants. Yeah, you know, um, I have to ask you as far as, you know, the idea of signing J.J. Watt um, goes. Do you think, I mean, as of the time we're recording this, we don't know where Watt will land. um, But do you think the idea of Watt upgrading the defensive line is more of a complement of Watt's talent, even at age 32? Or maybe it's more of an indicator of how poorly the highest paid defensive line in the league performed last season. Look, when you look at what their defensive line has been, it's underperformed for the amount of assets they've put in there. I mean, they have spent money uh, going out and gotten Vernon Butler, Mario Addison, those players, and they've spent draft capital. You know, Ed Oliver and A.J. Epinesa in the draft, you know, their top picks. Uh, So they want more out of that. And you know, it's easy to say, but we saw it in the Super Bowl, but we saw it in the Super Bowl, right? When you can put pressure on a player, uh, it helps the entire team. And the defensive line just did not do that in a consistent enough basis. And they need more. Now, does J.J. Watt himself make that difference? Look, if I'm in the fourth quarter of a playoff game and I've got J.J. Watt and I'm in the AFC title game against Pat Mahomes, I love it. My problem would be if I spend too much money on J.J. Watt at his age and at that time in his career, what else have I lost out on? If you, Like I said, if you put me in the AFC title game again and in those moments, I think I'd like to have A.J. on the team. My concern would be spending too much money, losing out on other players that could also help you get there. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you mentioned on your podcast, uh, which I thought was a great point, one of the reasons that J.J. Watt is so enticing right now isn't necessarily just because of his talent, but that he's one of the only free agents available now that teams can actually sign. Um, You mentioned uh, Eagles tight end Zach Ertz name being thrown around as possibly a good fit if he gets cut after June 1st or traded at some point. I mean, what other positions on offense or defense do you think that the Bills need to upgrade besides uh, defensive line and tight end? 
Yeah, I look, I look at their offense and say they were so good last year. Um, but I, I think they need more in the running game and the running back position. And, and, and when I say that, I do not believe the Bills should be a running team. Dan Fates, the worst of me, just just goes on and on. He's he's big into the analytics, and he just sees virtually, I won't say no value. We pick on him, but limited value in the run game. And I get it if you say you want to be a running team. I always say this. You need to be effective when you run the ball. But the other part of it is I think it is a position on the field that the Bills could add a weapon for Josh Allen. And I don't believe that the difference in skill set between Zach Moss and Devin Singletary gives them that weapon. They don't have a dynamic player coming out of the backfield. They're good players. They're good running backs. I think their skill set is similar. I was at the Combine when talking to Zach Moss beforehand, and you started to get the impression that he would have been a different player than Singletary. Yet the more we talked to him and then the more we saw him, you realized their skill sets are kind of similar and that's they're good players, but I want to see somebody that can be a pass catcher can be more of that third down back. And I think you can find a player maybe in the draft, uh, you know, Travis ATN's name comes up all the time uh, for bills fans for a while. I mean, I, I think a guy with uh, CJ Spiller's skill set now would be great for the Bills, right? Maybe (laughs) not the sixth pick overall, you know, like it was years ago, but, Uh but that type of player. And I, I, I look at that and I say, give me somebody more dynamic. And the way I look at that position, it's like, you know, I I look at the tight end position and even Brandon Bean mentioned it. And that's, you need more out of that, that you're going to run a guy out there all the time. Dawson Knox is a good football player. But you need more out of that position. So those, you know, you mentioned the tight end, but I think I think that running back spot still to me is a place to find somebody more dynamic. And it's interesting in the in the secondary because I think they're really high on Dane Jackson. And I think he's going to get every opportunity to win the corner spot this coming year uh, opposite of Trey. But I still think they're going to go for a veteran, too. You, you, you never have enough corners. So I would not be stunned to see them draft a corner relatively high this year, too, because, it, you know, that that could also be they could sign a veteran. You know, Richard Sherman's names popped out there and guys like that. I mean, but I, I think they could invest more draft capital in in the secondary, too. Yeah. Definitely. So I, 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 I was listening to that, you know, spirited conversation or argument you had with um, Jenna and Dan about the run game. And, you know, and I agree with Dan's point, like who who needs a run game when you have one of the best passing games in the entire league. But like you said, I kind of I'm, I'm more to the point of when you do need to use it. Yeah, it'd be nice to have it. And the Bills, they were 20th in the league in rushing yardage, which isn't a very telling sign, but they were also 20th in yards per carry. So even when they tried to do it, they weren't very successful. Do you think that, I mean, along with running back, do you think the Bills maybe need to upgrade some of their offensive line in the interior or maybe, I mean, at all four positions besides Deion Dawkins? Yeah, I, I think you're onto something there. I think there's every possibility that they come back with a totally reshuffled offensive line. And, you know, and, and it's, it's tough to determine what they really want to do, uh, at the center position. And it seems from the outside, you know, everybody thinks they know, but from the outside, it seems like Mitch Morris has always been one of those guys, like process guy. You bring him in, great character, 
center, leader, those type of things. But it felt all the time like they were not totally sold on him. And, you know, then at the end of the year, though, he plays and, and Brandon Bean's bragging about him. So you don't know. But I, I love the way John Feliciano plays. I don't want to see him go. Uh, if they feel comfortable with more staying at center, then Feliciano is one of my guards and I bring him back. But I think there's also that possibility. And and do you try to get have a little more physical offensive line than what they've had in the past? But I don't know if they can sign Daryl Williams. Like, you know, Cody Ford, you know, he's been a tackle, he's a guard, then he gets hurt. You know, we don't know what where they think of him. So to your point, yeah, some of those changes could be. I don't think my number one priority in my and offensive line would be to make the run game better. But I think a more physical offensive line could be the case for them. And I think Dion is the only guy that is written in pen at left tackle. I think everything else is is in pencil or an empty slot right now. Yep. So let's talk about Matt Milano for a second. Uh, John Warrow of the AP just recently reported that Matt Milano is set to test free agency. Do you think this is a ploy by Milano's agent, like you mentioned for JJ Watt, to possibly get Buffalo to up their offer? Or do you think this is a sign that he's most likely out the door? I think this is one of those rare times when the player has control. And I think while he's not allowed to talk to other teams until March, you know, I mean, then there's the real world where an agent can sort of get an idea of what's out there. Now, they do stop short of somebody legitimately making offers, but they know what's out there. But this is where the only control the Bills would have on Matt Milano right now would be to put a tag on him. Right. And I don't believe they're going to use a tag on Matt Milano. So if you're Matt Milano and you want to test free agency, your agent, if he's a good agent, already knows what's out there. And we saw it last year, you know, with Shaq Lawson. You know, we, you know, a guy knows sort of what's out there. And the team is, I won't say hesitant, but, you know, they aren't saying we're going to do whatever to keep the guy. So I think this is where this is inevitably headed. And look, John's a very good reporter. He's right, I think. And I think it's accurate. But I also don't think it's all that surprising because you aren't hearing any stories that say the Bills are all in on keeping Matt Milano. They have Tremaine Edmonds. I like Tremaine Edmonds as a player. I'm a little frustrated with him because I think there is an immense amount of talent in that guy. And I know he's young, but he is going into year four. And I always joke saying, do you know he's 22? Because we hear about it all the time. And But that's the reality. He is young. But what I'm saying is, at a certain point, they're going to pay one linebacker. Really pay. And it's going to be Tremaine Edmonds. And Matt Milano is really good. But shoot, in the in the interview with Bean at the end of the year, he brought up the injuries. You know, he because he, he has been banged up. So I think this is one of those things. They know Matt Milano is a good player. They know he's going to do well somewhere else. But they're going to be more committed to Tremaine and probably drafting his replacement coming up and trying to find somebody with that skill set. I love his skill set. I think he's... And I, I have this bad feeling that he's going to sign with New England, <laughs> but uh, I just think that it's inevitably going this way. And I think he's going to get a nice contract. Uh, and if you're him, you know, these kind of guys, we see it, they get like one of these deals. You know, he's a linebacker. And then what you see what happens, they sign this second deal. And then after that, it becomes more, you know, I always joke about the Nigel Bradhams of the world who who get one-year deals and play and then 
you know, move around a little bit. That's what happens to linebackers at that point, especially guys that have had injuries. So I think Milano is going to get a decent paycheck, but I think it's going to be elsewhere. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. With the way that Brandon Bean approaches free agency by getting these second and third tier free agents like John Feliciano, Daryl Williams, and having them outplay their contracts, could you make the argument that when these guys earn more money by outplaying their contracts instead of re-signing them, you should just find more of these guys? I mean, this season is so cap-strapped because of COVID that it's potentially even more players like John Feliciano and Daryl Williams could be available cheaper than most seasons. And this is where we're in that point where it's changed for Brandon Bean. And I agree with you 100% when you are building a team. And while Sean McDermott says it's starting over, and he's right, you don't, you know, this is not a golf tournament. You start in the final group of the fourth round. You got to start over again, but this is a really good team. So the difference now is you're not continuing. You've, you built where you are. You are a contender. And everybody knows that, right? Uh, you know, so yes, you want to find the next John Feliciano or Daryl Williams or whichever guy you believe is a, is a guy you're catching at the right time. But <laughs> you also don't want to take a step back. I mean, they've hit on a lot of those guys and that's not easy to do. They didn't do it as much on the D line, but they did on the offensive line, I think. So it's close. Do you, do you want to, if you're going to overpay a little bit, I would say in this case, and it's for your right tackle, I don't really have as big a problem with that. It's hard to find those guys mm -hmm. and you're protecting Josh Allen and all those things. But to your point, Bill's fans believe, and, I, and I'm a big fan of Brandon Bean, that he's a, he's a smart guy. He knows the league. He knows players and he's done, you know, his hits are way more than his misses, but this is where you got to trust him to say, I can do a little better and save us money. Because it's not about a 53-man roster anymore. I mean, it's about a 75-man roster, whatever number you want to put on it. So there's a lot of things they need to do. And having the quarterback in place does make it a little clearer focus. But there is, there is still a lot of slots to fill on this team if you want to go all the way. And I think that's where you just have to have faith that Dean knows the difference between keeping or finding the next guy. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about, you know, maybe some surprising free agent moves. Now, you mentioned on a recent episode that there may be a, a surprise free agent move for the Bills that people really aren't expecting. Dan mentioned backup quarterback and that possibly that 
player possibly being Cam Newton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what's what's a surprise player or position maybe in general that people yeah. aren't expecting that Bean could go after in free agency? Yeah, I I guess I looked at it in that way, and I and we had already mentioned him a little bit. Was a guy like Zach Ertz. Now he's not a free agent, but I, I believe he's going to be a free agent. And I and again, when you look at where he is, this is where you know. And I think Bills fans are pretty smart. I mean, I think they see the way it goes. Everybody gets a little wound up at the moment. And when we talked about JJ Watt, he's the free agent right now, so everybody's all in on him. But in March, it's going to open up for a lot more guys, and teams are going to cut players that are good. But what I'm also saying is June 1st is a big date, too, because players like a Zach Ertz are going to get cut loose later. So when I say I think he'd be a good fit for the Bills, whether it's for a higher draft pick, third day pick or a free agent, that's in June. Now, you tell me that in the draft, a tight end falls to him that he thinks can be that guy to compliment Knox or in free agency, he found somebody else. Say they signed Janu Smith, somebody like that. You know, mm-hmm, yep. okay. Now that changes. But I'm saying is I do believe he looks at this big picture wise. So I I do believe tight end is going to be a position they upgrade one way or another. And I've just brought up Ertz because I think he is, while he's not, you know, Travis Kelsey running down the field, you know, mm-hmm. uh, he is such a good pass catcher, route runner, fits the, what the Bills are trying to do, has caught a winning pass in the Super Bowl. <laughs> like he's that guy. And even at 30, I'd take three years of Zach Ertz right now. And I think he'd be a great fit for the Bills at the right number. So that's the guy I, I've just had my mind on thinking that I think he would be a really good fit for the Bills. Yeah, I agree. I, he'd instantly be an upgrade over what we have currently on the roster. Or, I mean, potentially uh, any any tight end we've ever had in the roster. He might be more talented than anyone that you've even been covering over the past 30 years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tight end has not been a, yeah, when when you look at tight ends in Bill's history, I mean, I love Pete Metzelars. And at that time of football, he was, you know, uh, he was really good tight end. Teams didn't use him quite the same. You only had the few guys, you know, the Winslows of the world a little bit before that. And, you know, Tony Gonzalez, you know, players like that. But, you know, there was a lot of guys like that. And Keith McKellar caught a lot of touchdowns. But this has not been tight end heaven especially while we've had to watch Gronk for the last decade uh it has not been a great spot by the way maybe they can talk Gronk into coming to Buffalo what do you think <laughs> I don't know you know I'm still worried that uh the Bills fans are upset over that hit he had on Tredavious White so yeah well I think if he wanted to come to the Bills right now I think they'd get over it yeah I true think they would be fine <laughs> <laughs> we'd be okay with it in about five yeah. seconds so you've been covering the Bills for a while I want to end on this question I know as a fan for me this past season was one of the most fun seasons to experience in recent memory. How does reporting on this last season compare to covering the 90s Bills teams with Jim Kelly? Well, even if I take out the craziness of COVID, which made it make us all feel a little detached, like I never thought I'd miss walking around in a locker room. By the way, for anybody who wants to know, it's no fun walking around a locker room. <laughs> nobody, nobody likes it. It's a lot better on a practice day because it's a little looser and, you know, they haven't just played a game and, and, you know, so it's a little different, but you know, game days, it's, it's tough. You know, it's, it's a really antiquated way that we've done that. So take that out of the mix. Um, It's a very different dynamic with this group. Uh, (laughs) You know, they are, I mean, the old bills 
and it's funny, my relationship with them now, when I see the players or talk to them, you know, Daryl Talley, Thurman Thomas, certainly Andre Reed, you know, I know, you know Tasker, I worked with him for years on the preseason games. They're really different now <laughs> as they get a little older. That was a feisty group back then. And they were, they were, uh, I I would say the Bills were more like like the Seattle Seahawks in terms of the current, you know, the recent ones. Talent, but with an edge and guys who did not worry about getting after each other, getting after reporters like it was a different world. Mm -hmm. This group is there, you know, and it's it's 2020. So it's a different world than it was then. But it is very different. Like Josh Allen has a lot of similarities to Jim Kelly. And Jim is an awesome guy. But at the time, man, Jim would Jim would get after people publicly sometimes. We all know about that. So it's a different world and a different time. And you know, like I you know, I was there for all those games. I was there for the great wins. When I look back at those bills, I think of great wins. I don't really think of the Super Bowl losses because they were I mean, they were hard to get through. And by the time we got to the fourth one, it was like, oh, my God, I can't believe we're going back. And then that happened again. But I think of all the great wins that I've seen with them and being in the locker room when they won those AFC championships and to go to the Super Bowls. And those guys are still part of the Buffalo Bills. And it was fun to see elements of that um, coming into this year uh, and to see them grow. And this reminded me more of like, that 88 season when they basically went, well, they went from a non-playoff team to the AFC championship game like this, and then they lost. And Bill's fans will go look back to remember the next year they lost that game to the Browns, Mm -hmm. and then they went on their run. And I'm not saying that means they got to take a step back this year, but that's what it reminds me of, where they were just figuring out we're really good. And that's the comparison. That's really what it is. They know they're good. They have confidence. Uh, it was a little more cockiness back then <laughs> based on the personalities. Like Thurman is awesome. I mean, God, would they love to have a guy like Thurman Thomas in the backfield. Now, he was way ahead of his time in terms of being a pass catcher, all around back, blocker, dynamic. Like, yeah, find me Thurman Thomas. Let's call Thurman now and see if he can give him a few snaps. <laughs> but but those, there's a guy who would jump on you if you – you know, and, and they were public. So that's the difference. But it was fun. It was fun to see a Bills team that is looked around at the league as a real contender and a great place. And and I miss that for all those years. You know, it always bothers me when I hear the jokes about the Bills through the years and who wants to go to Buffalo and all that stuff. But they they earned that. The franchise earned that for most of those two decades. And that was a shame. But it's they're good now, and I think they can be good for a while. They just got to make some smart moves this off season. Absolutely. Well, Mike, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us on the Circling the Wagons podcast. Where can listeners find your work on TV, your podcast Buffalo Plus, your social media, everything that you do? Yeah. Uh, well, social media is pretty simple. It's just Mike Catalana, C A T A L A N A, on Twitter, uh, and our other group, you know, Jenna Cottrell and Dan Fates. Same thing, just their whole names. We do a, a Buffalo Plus page, buffaloplus.com, plus the YouTube page, which has been awesome. So people go to our YouTube page, just type in Buffalo Plus. You can subscribe. Constant con- uh, content there. We put a ton up there. And I've been on 13 for, you know, 
<laughs> doing the nightly sportscast now since 1987, since the beginning of that Bills run. So that's that in Rochester, that's where you can get us. But really, just remember Buffalo Plus and you'll find our content and we love to engage people. We, we put our podcast out there, too, both on YouTube and, you know, iTunes, Stitcher, every other place. So um, catch us there and uh, let me know what you think on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, personally, Buffalo Plus is easily becoming one of my favorite Bills roundtable discussion podcasts um, and, and YouTube video channel, like you mentioned earlier. Um, I think you guys have great chemistry as a team. And personally, I I grew up watching your work, Mike, as a Bills fan here in Rochester. So I sincerely appreciate you coming on and giving your perspective. I'm so glad that we could do this. Best of luck in the future and with everything. And we look forward to talking to you again. Anytime. You just let me know. Thanks again to Mike Catalana from 13 Wham News and Buffalo Plus for discussing uh, all things Buffalo Bills free agency with us. As uh, this was really fun for me, especially because as a kid that grew up in the Rochester area, watching Mike Catalana growing up, it was just cool to actually talk to him in person. And one of the one of the really cool things about doing this podcast for Buffalo Rumblings is the ability to talk to uh, amazing guys like Mike. Last week we talked with Nate Geary of WGR 550, and it's so cool. Every time I'm able to talk to someone like this, and uh, and this extends to almost all Bill's media personnel, is they're just so cool. They're so nice. They're so knowledgeable, and they're so willing to you know talk. And obviously this is a great chance to promote their podcast, which I, I – absolutely recommend um you know after after of course you hit the subscribe button to buffalo rumblings uh the buffalo rumblings podcast network i would absolutely do it for buffalo plus and their youtube channel which actually has i think might even have more content than the podcast that they do so um check that out there they have a ton of subscribers there um i don't really do a lot of youtube i'm going to be honest just because i don't have a ton of time usually when i listen to podcasts it's when i'm driving or when i'm at work doing other work i don't have time to watch a lot of things but um i did watch a few episodes in prepping for this interview and uh it was just as good as the podcast um that i listened to an audio version only so i want to thank you guys all for listening please stay tuned in the upcoming weeks, I have some really great guests continue to line up for discussions on Bill's Free Agency, and then we're going to get into the draft. I kind of like to segment it one to the other, because what happens is I'm looking at a lot of mock drafts, I'm looking at some different prospects, and that's all going to change as soon as, you know, the Bills, if the Bills re-sign Darrell Williams, all of a sudden offensive tackle won't be the first pick in the first round necessarily. So um, I like to segment it that way, at least uh, for circling the wagons. But again, you know, stay, stay tuned, stay subscribed to the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. And for me, Nate, go Bills, and we'll talk to you guys again next week. It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the Bills. It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the Bills. It's the mafia, I'm with the Buffalo Bills. It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the Bills. Hey, hey. Who you repping, what's your team? Who you repping, what's your team? You know I'm repping for my team. I got that challenge on my team. Like a high Jordan boy, can you catch it? Trade day is like a mask, you're not catching anything. Matt Milano making plays, we not scared of any team. Best in the AFC, all the praise of Brandon Bean. You hear Sean McDermott clapping while I'm snapping? Do you? Jerry Hughes will get the sack soon as you snap it. Andre Roberts running back, ain't no just backing. Mafia, we on a ride and we got traction. We got BZ, we got digs. Dawson Knox with the stiff arm, treat opponents just like his Feliciano, Deion Dawkins, block defenders like defense Hey, 
It's the mafia, I said no one on top of us I said no one is blocking us on top of our division So it's clear that it's no stopping us Google best team in the league and we popping up Hey, Who you reppin', what's your team? Who you reppin', what's your team? You know I'm reppin' for my team I got the selling on my team It's the mafia, you know I'm rockin' with the bills It's the mafia, you know I'm rockin' with the bills It's the mafia, I'm with the Buffalo Bills It's the mafia, you know I'm rockin' with the bills Hey, it's the mafia, I said no one on top of us I said no one is blocking us on top of our division So it's clear that it's no stopping us Google best team in the league and we poppin' up Home game for the playoffs, but you already snow Gabe Davis is a rookie, but he playin' like a pro Going through a table, only time we ever fold Can you dig it? 17, by to take us to the bowl Hey, don't you run it? Oliver and Trey Edmonds gonna be on it We got Corey, but we barely ever punt it Cause we just running up the score on our opponent We got BZ, we got Diggs Single Terry, by the juke him out of shoes Make him miss, run it in Zach also throw the digs It's for sick, Terry Johnson, pick six To the house, take a flick It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the Bills It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the Bills It's the mafia, I'm with the Buffalo Bills It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the Bills Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, mate. <laughs>